What kind of personal standards do you set for yourself? Because if they're not higher than the people in your in your charge, yeah. you don't get to be in the position of leadership. You yes. need to demand more of yourself. And through that, paradoxically, it's pretty selfish. Yeah. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. I'm here with the old man. How he's, are you, he sir? Sounds incredible today. I sound wonderful. I'm like Pete. How you doing? I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> I'm excited Belize. to podcast, man. I was looking forward to it. Yeah, he's got his life aquatic hat. I do. All rolled up at the top of his head. Technically, it's the Ian Mackay's minor threat look. Yeah. But. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> How's everything going? Everything's going pretty good. I'm losing my mind. Why would that be? Well, I tried taking two weeks off of training so as to let a, a lingering groin injury heal, which, dude, I've been doing this a long time. And they the two, are the worst. Groin and rib. Yeah. Groin is worse than rib because at least rib, you can kind of just flop around in half guard for a while and protect <laughs> it. Dude, your groin. Can't any, do anything. Yeah, like even if like the right side of my groin is injured, you start attacking my left leg like to pass my guard, I have to engage both sides. Yeah. It's just there's no way to hide it. It's tough. So for years, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, I was, you know, at the behest of Bill Egan. He's like, you got to fucking let it rest, dude. So I did. And it feels a lot better. But, you know, yeah, I'm like five, six days out. I'll train a little bit. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, another four days, train a little bit. But then I had my tattoo lined up. So yeah. I was like, oh, it's a forced rest. Yes. I should train. I train Monday night in the gi. It just set me back two weeks. Yeah. I, I, th I remember tweaking my groin. This was back in the old school old school and uh and it, it just just kept showing up yeah. kept showing up there were, you know i protect like you said playing half guard trying to do certain restrict my mo my movement so i could at least still train and it's just one thing like you the do groin, a technical man, lift and you're like oh dude you're growing you gotta use your groin in any movement and and the, the problem is almost everything attaches at that same point exactly like your abdominal wall your abductors your your quad like well just that's where they get man. people have this sports hernia and that's yes. pretty much it's either the groin the lower abdominal area and uh what is it the hip flexor yeah 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 so apparently leon was saying that that's kind of like bs like they're moving away from that first off sports hernia is a misnomer Yes. It's not actually a hernia. A hernia is like... When it's uh, the intestine yeah, penetrates the wall. Like my dad. like He would he had a hernia in his belly button when I was a kid. It was the <laughs> most disgusting thing. It was like a tennis ball sticking out of his belly button. <laughs> it was that, remember that but clown he was too used fat to for them to, the <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was too fat to get the surgery for the longest time. And then uh, he never became less fat. They just changed the technology to be able to operate on fat people. <laughs> That is this. That is that's just my so dad today. But that's what they do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to offend but this guy. Look, in my dad's defense, he didn't give a shit about it. He's they're like, oh, what do I care? <laughs> they're they're reclassifying the term slender. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, it's not really a hernia, but yeah. uh, it's like a something like alplasia or some fancy word. Yeah. But that's exactly right. So many things kind of come into your groin at the same. I remember Ricardo had it in one of the fight camps, and he just rehabbed it. He's not a surgery guy. But uh, I think I'm going to be fine. You I will think be I'm fine. All right. I feel I feel better already, and I I got that sled, what two weeks ago, three yeah, weeks ago. So we can I've have used you. it 19 times. I use it every day. That's good. Yeah, I, when I go to the uh, gym in the morning, I walk backwards for five minutes. Then I do cardio for 30. Then I walk backwards for another five minutes. With the treadmill off. Yeah. Do they give you shit for that? 
nobody's awake at that point. Apparently, Those people are brain dead. It's yeah. bad for the treadmill. Who cares? I don't care. Dude, the truth is they cycle treadmills often yes you see it all the time like oh, yeah. a liquidation sale at these yep. gyms they get rid of those things all la the time. fitness is huge yeah it's, it's it's you know it's a big thing so they're they're just you know they have like 40 in the back just in case yeah, it so. gets to the point where it doesn't work right or you have uh like i always do when i walk i walk on the incline at like 15 mm-hmm. and it, it's it's going up and it's it's teetering. I'm like, oh shit! I'm yeah. about to fall off this thing. I Let's step right off, and I go, I'm not going to be a statistic, especially because you're on the second floor. Yeah. That's a long fall. I don't care <laughs> yeah. what back break fall I do. Oh uh, man, if you're going to die in an accident, I hope it's that. <laughs> you know, local man dies today, launched off of <laughs> an LA Fitness. Proves back break fall works, but but dies in the process. But dies in the process. And the guy, the manager's on the news. Like, I don't know. All of our treadmills are working just fine and you could see we looked at tape and, and there was one asshole walking backwards on it <laughs> walked right off the ledge <laughs> oh we're having fun it's gotta have fun man it's the holiday season yeah i sometimes i get a little too serious you know we we have a tendency well there's i mean if you think about it there's there's a lot of reasons to be serious and it's within ourselves to go put the brakes on Let's take it. Let's look at the evaluation of what's going on around us. Yeah, which will cause you to go. It's not that bad. It's not no, that look, bad. we 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 goof off, and like especially when we're teaching, you and I especially, yeah. like you know, we we have our fun. Yes, we do. and like in my day to day life, I have believe me, I have my fun, but it's uh, it's uh, intermingled with the seriousness. Yes, but because that's life. It, it's it's life, and it, the balance is important. Yes. and that's one of the cool things that we have on the mat is. A lot lately, especially, we've been talking about keeping it playful. Yes. And you could get away with just being like like a serious Sally, if that's a thing. Yeah. And you're still going to get all the great benefits of training. It's, yes. it's fun, but you're, you're missing out. Like, you, you can train hard as hell and still, like, goof off a little bit afterwards. Yes. You know? And, like, you could train super hard, and even mid-roll, you know, you can make your little comments to your buddy. You and know? we do. And, and we do. We do. Trust me. They're always... And, and I got to say... Uh, uh, Roberto reached out to me. Uh, Scalbratos. Scalbratos reached out to me. Professor Rob. Yeah, so he was like, I think it was Wednesday before Thanksgiving where uh, a certain Fonzarelli was on his back and whispering, just just accept the choke. It was the first day I wasn't <laughs> training, so I was filming. Yeah. And he came up after the round. He's like, I wish you got that on tape because he was right under your yeah, picture. When he reached out to you, he goes, I reached up and I looked at you and I went, man, you got me through it. Yeah. The stupid picture I put up <laughs> yeah. of you with your half thumbs. And I was like, dude, you got to you gotta holler at me. I'll come film. He's like, I was busy. Yeah. <laughs> when you got Fonz on your back, you, you, you have got an your assassin on your back. Yeah, you definitely have to. Rob's doing it. great, though. Dude, Fonz is on a le- another level right now. Totally. Yeah, he's he's like at the, uh, he's the king of the hill right now. Yes. You know, because a lot of things are coming together for him. He's always been this freak, freak athlete. Physical. Yeah, just a specimen, yeah, like solid across the board. He's got these grips that are unmatched. Yes. They're like Gallagher, only not stupid. Yeah. I think the only one that would uh, is the the guy Neil in the morning class, the climber. Grips is Steel Neil. Grips is Steel Neil. Yeah, he's yeah. a climber. But it's a different thing. Like, yeah. Fonz even has big hands. Yeah, he's got uh, first baseman mid hands. And his, his form. So you can't, it's unfair because not only is he gripping you incredibly strong. Yeah. You can't grab his wrist because it's so friggin' big. It's like big. grabbing somebody's calf. It's so like that's RC's cheating. calf is an ankle, is a wrist. Yeah, so he's cheating right off the bat. He's a good wrestler. So we wrestler. test his wrists? Yeah. Yeah, there's some liver king stuff going on here. 
his wrestling is, is incredible, you know, and yeah. it's it's nothing fancy. He's just got good fundamental, fundamental wrestling, wrestling combined with his incredible athleticism and strength. So all those things are coming together. Then you add into the mix just the last Learned three months for some reason, he's been like like dedicated with this burning fire. Yeah. Six AM, noon class, yeah. nighttime, just training like two times a day oh, yeah. sometimes. And to Almost his credit, he trains very well with everybody. Yes. Well, I was going to get to that. Yeah. So another thing you see is he knows how to maximize his time on the mat. Yes. So he's not one of these guys who just shows up day in and day out, which is great in itself. But some people just show up with the idea of if I just train my balls off all yeah. the time, I'm going to really progress. And there's a certain time where that's true. But then there's a point of dim diminishing return where and we were talking about this with like our level three kids. Yeah. Like you have to start to take responsibility for your own progress. Not every round can be murder, death, kill. Yes. Because you'll get like your toughness meter will, will definitely improve. Yeah. But you're not going to really explore techniques the way you should. But you look at Fonz and like he'll he'll pull out the, those tough rounds when he needs to or wants to. But a lot, of, almost the majority, I would say, of his rounds, he's just exploring techniques. Yeah. He's playing very, guard. He's venturing. Yeah, dude, he's, he's going after team. legs. He's doing a lot of things. So when you combine all those factors, yeah. you get a guy like Font. Yes, that's you know that's the kind of shit we need in the academy. Exactly, and he he raises the level. It raises the bar for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. I'll tell you, for me personally, when I'm you know not training sucks, but it's great being able to watch everybody. Yeah. You know, so it, like I get a really good. I always have a decent feel about where everybody's at. But yeah. when you when you're on the sideline, like just intently watching an entire role you know exactly where yeah. everybody stands and like what they need to work on. And it's cool for me personally because I get to watch like all the top dogs kind of rising to the top and yeah. seeing what they're good at. And in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, I got to work on my guard here. Yeah. I got to work on my transitions here. I got to isolate limbs here. Yeah. So it's one of my classmates. Yeah. yeah, I'm his teacher, but it's one of my classmates. Yes. So that's just pushing me to... Raise your level. Raise my level. Yeah. Rising tide lifts all boats. Exactly. And we can't say that enough. Can't say that enough. From the white belts to the junior gray belts to the adult white belts, yeah, all the way up, man. You get, Rising tide lifts all boats. It does, man. You get especially in, in the in uh, the white belts in the fundamentals class. You get the one guy that you could start to see him start raising his level, raising mm -hmm. his level, and he's doing his randori rounds or he's helping somebody in the middle of a class. You could say, man, you could see where the gears are clicking. Everything's in sync. Yeah, you know, he's moving forward. He's progressing. You know. He's having his oh shit moment. And then, and then what does that do for the people around him? Everybody's on the white belts. Oh, oh, okay. Look at this. Oh, look that's this. how we do it. Yeah, that's how it happens. And you don't. It's have almost to be like a, um, you know, a look at me kind of guy. You're just in there. You're just quiet. You're doing your work. It's a beautiful. Quiet thing. is even better. Yes. One of the things you see in the white belts, you know, white belt class is it, it really depends on like what point in like the uh, promotion cycle we are, what kind of crop of brand new white belts we had what, yeah. what type of peer groups are coming through a lot of that really influences the uh the training environment yeah. for the white belts right and we've seen it not to like put anybody down but there there are like a month or two lulls we'll call it where nobody's really like i don't know stepping up we're called shining step. yeah yeah shining. yeah Nobody's so shining. So, you know, there's always A students down to D students and yeah. sometimes there's like why did you wake at me when you said D student? <laughs> Well, dude, what's average? Like a C plus is average, right? 
today. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Most people are in the middle of the pack, yes. which is fine. That's yeah. not. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. It's like we we expect you to be yes. middle of the pack. Now here's what we what we hope is that if you're middle of the pack, you're going to help those D students reach your level, yeah. and then those A students are going to bring you up a little bit. Yeah. But sometimes there's like these little lulls, we'll call it. It's it's almost like in football when there's like a rebuilding season. Yes. Which, which the Giants seem to always be in. Well, not this year. They're, I know, I know. I mean, Look, they're not going to the Super Bowl, but uh, hey, you never know. You them. never friggin' know. Yeah. Um, probably not going to the Super Bowl. Probably. Yeah, you never know. But anyway, so the point being, you don't when you have that type of uh, training environment, and like yes. that's like your classmates and your peer group. They're all you're all kind of at the same level. And nobody's really just excelling at for no reason. Yes it's harder to see the possibilities. What I mean by that is like, it's harder to have like an aha moment. Like a lot of the times the aha moment happens when you're on the receiving end of something. Yes. So watching Scarlett's God awful soccer team this season, they, I don't even think they realized that they were allowed to be on offense. I don't think they realized because their coach was terrible, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's hard. Coaching none of the kids. Sure. Soccer. You know what? You know what helps yeah. when you actually talk to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there when you is, act like you actually you when you actually want to be there. Did anyway, he have the whistle the whole bit? He didn't have a whistle. He had nothing. <laughs> I don't know what his voice sounds like. Um, I would say he's doing it wrong. Yeah. So, and you can imagine me. Yeah. And they start the season like no screaming from the sideline. Like they're yeah. they're only six. I'm Did like, you show him the six. picture that your buddy posted? When you were eight, your dream was to be yeah, a pro I was like, soccer. I, well, I, yeah, Look I have this. it on a. I have a billboard I carry around. <laughs> yes. So anyway, uh, Scarlett had a. You know, she she was always pretty aggressive, yeah. but still, the whole team they just didn't realize what you can do. Yeah. And she had that night with her her cousins Nate and Ben, who are yeah. animals, and they yeah. literally ran her through like a training camp for soccer yeah, setup. Tell me about that. And they were like awesome. like using their bodies, and it was just her aha moment. The next day, she had a game, and she had her first goal. She was crushing it. That's awesome. A whole level of, like, aggression. Even the next game, she scored a goal, too, didn't she, or something? She only had the one goal. Okay. But the last but game, had... she was doing great. Okay, good. But the thing that happened was the whole team sees what she's doing, like, this newfound aggression, and, like, oh, shit, we don't have to just sit back and be scared of everybody. Yeah. The whole season changed. Yeah. They had that aha moment. Same thing in jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, you're a white belt. You have no idea what the hell you're doing. You're Bambi. obviously. Not only are you Bambi, you're Bambi. You're Bambi. Like you ever see a like a newborn deer? They just oh, lay they're, in the grass, wobbling. Yeah, and then they hide in the grass. Even if like you walk up to it, they're like, "You can't see me." Yeah, yeah. Like I'm looking right at I'm you. I'm not looking at you. But once you start to realize like what you is yes. capable, what you're capable of, yeah. and like what's expected and what's allowed, yeah. it changes your whole approach. And it's awesome to see that when you see you know, and, and we're using Bambi as the uh, you know the 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 image, but. You see it where you see people coming in, even people that are very physically capable. They're moving in ways they've never moved before, and they're like trying to articulate it or equalize it to something. You know, I played soccer, or I did played bocce and badminton tour the whole bit. Different animal, totally different animal. And then their their bodies playing catch up, and then all of a sudden they have that they have stability on their feet. Their knees aren't wobbling. You know, the whole bit. And then they start moving the right way, and it becomes a little more natural for them. And it's just like, then they start moving even better when they're in a roll. You know, not just when they're showing technique. Because, you know, you've seen it God knows how many times. You've been teaching for 15 years or whatever now. Where you see people, they're like, overhook. 
No, that's an underhook. Yeah, you say overhook over and they hook. lift their foot up. <laughs> left foot. No, your other left foot. You know, the whole bit. Yeah, you say left foot, they start picking their ear. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, it's like it's just a finally, it just there's like a log jam of knowledge that's been there, and they just can only take one or two little turns at a time. Yeah. And then the floodgates open, and then it's, they're in the matrix. I think a, a big turning point to allow for that is maybe this is overly simplifying it, but they start to become confident and calm enough in the shit yeah. to actually let their brain work a little yeah. bit. So for you know the first few months at least, any sort of live exchange, you're in, in def- like survival mode. You're in survival mode, yeah. and which you shouldn't be. And I, I hesitate to use these words because but, we don't want that to be the sense that like you're in fight or flight. But no matter what I tell you, you're a competitive being. Yes, you, you, your brain is thing. telling you you're fighting. And really, why shy away from it? Because that's one of the benefits to what we're doing. It is. That's we're teaching you to be calm in the shit. Yes. And it, you know, it, it is funny because like we've seen so many guys and so many girls that come in here that are physical specimens. And, you know, oh, I could bench pre- all this, the whole, I've done this, I played soccer, football a little bit, and then they get on the mat and they're like, oh my God, I don't even know how to doggy paddle. Yeah. And then you see them out there and their eyes are huge. And they're going, why? I'm 10 times bigger than this individual. And yet they're moving all over me. Yeah. And a big part of that is because that smaller individual is calmer than you. They're they're yeah. able to use more of their faculty. Yeah. And they're able to understand concepts while under fire. Whereas you're still struggling just to, to fight. Yeah. You know? And like, that's why you see, which these days are long gone, but a guy like Big John. Yeah. Like, I would peek over because the guy's a specimen. Yeah. I'm like, let's see what this guy can do. And for the longest time, he's so engaged in, like, the fisticuffs aspect of it. He's missing simple things like controlling the person's hips. Yes. And if you're in the guard and you're, like, fighting their upper body and you're unaware of how to control their hips, what do they do? You're going to get triangled and you're going to get armbarred and, like, you're going to get swept. But once you start to just learn how to find some anchors to slow somebody down... And you understand how to like establish a good base, and you know how to take a breath. Oh, okay, this isn't chaos anymore. Now, what did we learn today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Become Break the guard. <laughs> Break the guard. Yeah, become in the fight. You know, the when you could slow things up, even you know, even if you're a white belt, you could slow your partner up. Like we said, grips, control the hips a little bit better. You know, learn to. Don't just grab two lapels. No. You know? A little bit of body weight. A little bit of body weight. Learn how to do these little bit of control points. You could sit there and go, all right, let's reevaluate. What do we want to do here? What's our goal for this for this role right now? Because I just went through a skirmish. Now I got to establish my point and see how we're going to attack from here. Yeah. What are we going to do? I'm on bottom. How do I get on top? I'm on top. How do I get out of this guy's guard? Whatever it is. And that's part and, of the growth. Well, and extrapolate that across to black belt. That never ends. No. That doesn't end. No. Now, I guess what the trap would be is you get into the advanced class and you've been training for a while and you start to develop a game, we'll call it. Like even mid-level blue belt, like you probably have a game that you're you're competent at. Yes. Like whether it's butterfly guard or Z guard. Maybe it's even like open guards and Delahiva. And maybe you're getting good at entering the legs. There, the trap would be that you treat every role like uh, like you're keeping score. Yeah. Like it's like a mini tournament. And that's not to say that you're going balls to the wall because I know what you might be thinking. You're like, well, I don't try to kill everybody like it's a tournament, so he's not talking about me. No, but 
you're still keeping score. Yeah. You're still like not allowing the guard pass and you're still favoring the positions you're you're comfortable in and that you're good at. Yeah. Why are you, why are you doing that? Because you're a human. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we do. So the the trick is to still expand that comfort zone like you were saying before, yeah. find places where you're a little incompetent yeah. but you're able to I don't know, apply some control. Like we were talking about with the back attacks this week. A huge shift in your skill happens, you know, and we could see it from the outside looking in. When you go for the back, if it's a slow progression of grip fighting, head positioning, getting the yeah. choking hand across, and it's happening as slowly as I'm speaking now. If you're able to do that, and like you're winning that oh, cross wrist grip, and it's literally happening at this speed. Yep. I got your back, seatbelt grip, your hand fighting. Doesn't have to be I curious. reach across, if it's slower, you're better. Yes. You got a cross wrist grip. You reach across for the other cross, you have the straight jacket. Oh, you hold his hand towards his rib cage and you trapped it with the foot. You're going that slowly. It's methodical. And then you slowly start grinding the hand across the neck and then you slowly finish the choke. That tells me that it was a, it was a very uh, cerebral attack. Yeah. Versus fast and furious. We can't be battle. No, battle he, does but it even with, battle but knows exactly what he's doing. Exactly. He's slow fast. Yeah. Where if you, you see it, it's like <laughs> you look at it and it's like, what? how did he just get there? But if you if you were to re- rewind it and take a look, you go, oh, no. I mean, it's the he, same shit he always does. It, same shit he always does. And he's very meticulous and he never skips a beat. He's never jumping. You know, I mean, we look at it like this. You know, I say you say you hear me say it all the time. See back, take back. That doesn't mean ah, I'm going to jump on the back. No, you have to. You see the back, start adjusting your position so that you can take the back. Yeah. And once and I, I, again, a lot of that starts when you're a white belt. You're like, ah, I got to take this back. I got to get to the back. It's the best position. You just don't know how to get there. Yeah. Once you start getting that 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 road paved. And a little bit of knowledge. And a little How bit do you of pave culture. that road? You got to be on the mat a lot. So what I want to point out for battle is it looks like you saying he's doing slow fast. And, you know, we know what he's doing. Yeah. We look at him. We're like, I know what he's doing. Like, all right. So he sets up like that, that basic leg drag from his guard pass. Yeah. You start hand fighting. He turns that into a body lock. He ducks under your arm. And it's pretty much like a laying down duck under. And now he's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And then you rewind a little bit, like a month, and you look at the the uh, security footage here at the school at 10 a.m. on on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Oh, he's been drilling that for two months. For two months. Yeah. So it looks like he's T1000. Yeah. And from the outside looking in, we say, oh well, I can't battle. That's bad. It's just it's battle just being battle. battle. Yeah. No, it's not. It's bad. Okay. It's battle being battle. If if battle being battle means he drills A meticulously. Lot. With with utter discipline yeah. and dedication to until he has it ingrained in his body and he can do it at a hundred percent speed. He doesn't have to think about up. it. That is battle being battle. Exactly. We do that kid a disservice way too often. I I think I I will say that I think that when we speak about him, we kind of say it like, oh, it's battle being battle. But we both know, and we he drills more than any of us. Any of us. Any of us. And I don't think anybody would fight us in saying that. Maybe uh, Julian, yeah, would be the only one because he's on the matches. Well, and Julian goes home and studies tape till three in the morning. Exactly. So he's like, "Battle, you're a lazy fuck." Yeah, battle. And, what are you doing? If battle's, they, like, oh, if battles a lazy legends. fuck. What does that say about <laughs> yeah. us? I am a slug. Yeah, but it, and one, I think 
what we are, and you've said it a hundred times. We appreciate the hell out of what he brings to the table. Yeah, because he finds stuff and he brings stuff to us, and he's always talking to us about it. Always talking to us. Yeah, about he it. does not. He does not shy away from sharing things. With he us. does not because he wants us all to improve. He wants us to know it's out there. Look, check this out. Look what I found. Look what I saw. Look what we drilled. Oh, we tried this. We tried that. It's it's amazing. We 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 benefit from his existence here. One thousand percent. Absolutely. Unless he gets on her back, then it's like you mother. Then I just want to threaten to ground the pound him exactly. Exactly. Are you reading anything lately? Uh, as of late, uh, I've been reading particular things that uh, are more on the medical side. Uh, <laughs> That's yes. about it. Um, not real. I have not really uh, dug into a book in a while. In a little while, but uh, I, I got a book for you if you're interested. Of course, um, Nicole K gave it to me. It's grit. I've heard about it a bunch. Yeah, you know, and and that's one of my buzzwords. Grit. Yes. You guys hear me say that a lot. Yes. And um, this woman, Angela Duckworth, I believe she wrote it. I'm only like 35 pages in or so, but it's in line with everything we talk about, yeah. and it's really interesting because she kind of opens up with like anecdotal evidence from actually scientifically backed evidence from West Point because they went on to do studies. Yeah. So it's, it, and it just hit home because I grew up somewhat close to West Point. So we yes. would do like field trips there. And I, when I was in middle school, I wanted to go to West Point. Right. I was just enamored with the whole thing. And then, you know, I realized that like. Why? Women, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, girls. Yeah, exactly. You know, ninth, 10th grade hit and it's like, oh, yeah. let's I wanted that. to go to that. I, was, I tried to talk to my parents into get me in the Valley Forge Military Academy when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's like, I'm not going to waste that money on you. Yeah, dude, look. <laughs> you, point being, it's like uh, you, even to get into West Point, they yeah. only take 1,200 candidates yes. a year, yeah. and which is not a lot because they have – I don't know, 6,000 applicants, which even to become an applicant, yeah. you have to go through, you got to jump through crazy hoops. Any of those, any of the academies, the military academies, Air Force Academy. Elite uh, of elite. Yes. So. Annapolis, obviously. Yeah, like you need like a congressman to write like a regulation. When I was in the military, my supply officer, Suppo, was trying to get me in. I was 19. This is the first time anybody. I, she literally said, I need you to come to the office. I'm like, oh, shit. She must have seen me out partying the other night or something. <laughs> I did something stupid or more stupid than usual. And she calls me into her office, our LPO, leading petty officer. She says, can you leave? She sits me down, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. She goes, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah. She goes, why are you enlisted? I go, what do you mean? Why am I enlisted? What the hell else was I going to do? You know? She goes, yeah. why didn't you go to college? She's like, you're way too smart. And I went, Huh? I literally looked behind me. I said, "Ma'am, are you talking to me?" She's like, "Yeah." I go, "Nobody has ever had this type of conversation with me. Nobody. My father never did. I yeah. mean, my father used to talk me up, but I was like, oh, you know, looking at the skylights or whatever. But she literally sat me down. Anyway, long story short, she was trying to get. We were trying to get to the uh, academy, going to Annapolis. We had letters from the CO, the base CO, commanding officers, um, the Pacific Fleet uh, Admiral. Uh, senator for the state, the whole bit, congressman, the whole bit. We had all this package and we're trying to get the package in, but uh, didn't go through, unfortunately. No. Yeah, it would have shaped, uh, shaped my life differently. It would have been an experience, that's for sure. That's for sure. And that's one of the things that I find so appealing about it. It's like this campus, it's on the Hudson, it's just, yeah. 
it's just got all this tradition and, and it's just a higher standard. Like it's yeah. elite. I like that. But so you, even to get in to apply, you've got to be elite. Yeah. These are like valedictorian captain of the football team type of people. And then uh, that gets whittled down. Just the applicants get whittled down to 1200 people get in. Yeah. And then, you know, their first semester starts and then they go through their first year. And yeah, that first summer. People get weeded out in that process too. So where most of the people get weeded out is that first summer you go through a seven-week like boot camp. Yep. They call it the beast. Yes. And, you know, I read the uh, the schedule of it. It's demanding, but it's not. It, it's demanding. It's, it's pretty much you just don't have free time for seven weeks. Yeah. And it's very physically demanding and it's very intellectually demanding, of course. And it's easy for me to read the paper and be like, that's hard, but like. Is it that you know, hard? It, it, it's got to be really, really difficult, man. You know, I, I'm curious to see how I would have done. I'm sure I would have done fine. But, like, one one fifth of the people drop out, like, in the first couple <clears throat> days or something like that. Yeah. It's something crazy. And uh, this, this made West Point try to figure, and they've been trying to figure this out since the 50s. Yeah. Like, what is it? Because their um, entry exam, like, to find their applicants, it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's it's like an algorithm to find the best of the best. You have to know leadership. engineering. There's all sorts. Your of stuff aptitude's got to be through the roof. Through the roof. And your leadership skills and like to, even to get accepted, the the they're not just reading your paper. They're putting you into these friggin' uh, equations and these yeah. algorithms to figure out like where you stand. You they give you leadership scores, but there's no correlation to your scores you know, through the West Point application yeah. system to whether, to the attrition rate. Yeah. So there was no correlation. Like the best of the best were dropping out just as quickly as the worst of them. And they were trying to figure it out. So, you know, over the years they, they bring in like some like sociologists and they start running tests. And of course what it comes down to is grit. 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 And so they actually developed a test to, to figure out like your, your, your grit. But then once they came up with that score, direct correlation yeah your direct correlation between your grit score and if you're more or less likely to make it through the beast and then they took that that science we'll call it that technology that testing and then this woman she interviewed like leaders of all these different fields everywhere from economics to art just across the board and you guessed it it was great grit grit your, your ability to just show up the next day when things aren't even yeah. going your way yeah there's so i was uh i listened to you know i listen to a lot of military stuff podcasts and uh there's this one show uh sean ray show a former navy seal not like anything you know he was, he was in a, a navy seal cia the whole bit but he has really good interviews and they're not like an hour they're a lot of them could be five hours and some of these guys are unbelievable so i was listening to one with this guy and you guessed it, his name was Marcus Capone. So you know he's Italian, I had to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting on many levels. One, he was a uh, SEAL Team 6 breacher, and just the write-up was they were talking about uh, his uh, the issues with the head, PTSD, and how he went through the, uh, he's now, him and his wife had this business, or uh, uh, what do you call it, a nonprofit for helping people with the CTE. And using hallucinogens. Oh, because he was and using like, like little flashbangs and stuff. Oh, they use more than a little. And they, they go, people just think about what we use in the field, but not what we use in training. We do even more in training right. than we do in the field. So, anyways, long story short, I did a, a Google on him to find a little more information on him. 
and he was on there was a show called The Selection in 2016 they took 30 people from all over and they joined this show right? and the idea is you have these Navy SEALs you got these Rangers all the, the highest level you know Deltas the whole bit they're in there they're taking these 30 high achievers and whatever their field is and they're putting them through the process of mm. being selected to you know like if you were going to go into one of the SEAL teams or in a Ranger or anything like that and grit is the key being able to survive, not even survive, but be strong enough mentally through being cold, being wet, being sandy, yeah. all these different things. Their first day, I'm watching this going, I, I, I mean, you know, we were built differently. We've said it a hundred times. There's just something different. Not anything anybody else couldn't do. Anybody could do it. You just got to be willing to torture yourself a little bit. But you see these people, big dudes, big dudes, just crying, saying, you guys, I don't know how you guys do this. Yeah. It's the whole bit. But it's grit that's going to get you through it. And it's, un- I mean, just through like we, you know, we, we call it a, a fight camp. Fight camps are brutal. The grind. It's, we call the, it, grind. it's the grind. It is the grind. That's the hard part. Yeah. The grind. Yes. The grind is you get done with the hardest training session in your life and you know you got to do it again tomorrow. Exactly. And the next day. Yes. And the next day. Exactly. That's the hard part. You're developing yourself to become a superior human. And by superior, it's your your own standards yeah, where you dude, were better, now better than you were exactly. Better than and that's what it, what it's all about. Again, Matakis talks about uh, anybody could be good for a season. Yeah, if you think about that, like yeah. you know, whittle that down. Anybody could be tough for one training session. Yeah, but do it. Can over. you do it ac- across like an entire like sporting career? Exactly. Can you do it across your life? That's why you have to give somebody like Tom Brady, who I can't stand. The ultimate credit. Dude, he's got grit and he's got the want to. He's yeah. got the passion. That's the other thing that goes into it. You know, you can have grit, but if you go, eh, I'm not going to use it today. You know, you have to want to use it and and use it for the right reason. Dude, I had man, I got to start recording these. I had a call with with one of my mentors, John Kokinos, yesterday, and we're going to be hosting like another event here in April. I'm excited about that, but um. He could have easily made it a ninety. It, it was a ninety-second phone call. It, should, it could have been. Yeah. He could have been like, "Hey, do you want to do this thing again? Are you ready to go? What's the topic? You know, let's do it." But it was like a forty-minute conversation, and uh, it, I don't think you've ever met John Kokinos. You've heard me speak about him. He's just on a different plane. Yeah. His. He's just the kind of guy that you're lucky to have his influence. Yeah. So I sit down and I listen. <laughs> it turned into like. Pretty much I was listening to like a 35-minute podcast. Like I'm literally, I have my headphones on. I'm sitting stretching in the living room in the sunlight, and I just let him talk. Yeah. And it's just so. The pearls of wisdom. It's so powerful, dude. It's just one conversation with him just changes your entire perspective. But one of the things that he said among many that were powerful and even transformative, he's like, because I explained to him that one of my things is like I I fear for I fear getting stuck in my perspective that especially in what I do here with yeah. the school and what we've got we're we're great at it and we're so good at it I fear getting stuck in a rut and you don't know what you don't know yeah. and one of the most powerful things you can do is just look at things from a different perspective because that's when it's like the light bulb goes off yeah. and it's like holy shit we should have been doing this with the white belts the whole time. Yeah. That's like one of my fears. And uh, 
I think that's what kind of led him to talk about this. But one of the things that he said, it was so simple. He's like, you're, you're just a few thoughts away from changing everything. You're just a few thoughts away from changing everything at all times. Yeah. And when, and like I say this with the kids, I even say this with the adults of all the attributes you can have. It's clear that the most important one is grit. Yeah. Now here's the great news. It's the one attribute that you don't need to be born with, yeah. that you don't need to go out and buy, you don't need a coach. Yeah. It's the one that you can make a decision. You can't decide to be stronger. You can't decide to be faster. True. You can't decide to be more flexible. You can change those things. Yeah. You can move the needle, but not by much. No. Not by much. Even if you stretch every day, you're never gonna be Yogi. Like, like, <laughs> like Justin, Justin Riley. It's not gonna happen. Even if you lift every day, you're yeah. not going to be like like Dennis Adams. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You can move the needle a little bit, but your grit, your grit. You can literally make up your mind today to be grittier. Yeah, and you're going to move the needle drastically, and then it, there's no end to how far you can move that needle. Yeah, what's the best position to learn grit from? You think bottom side control? I was going to say that, but yes, that's exactly it. And uh, I. Anytime we teach the fundamentals class, and I, you know, we we've said it, and I've heard you say it, and it's it, and it rings so true. We talk about how the growth of jujitsu, or how we grow through jujitsu, and it's not the triangles, it's not the arm bars, it's not the kimuras. Although I think a kimura is an partly. amazing way. To yeah, I know those but, things partly. Yes, but it's when you're trapped underneath somebody in bottom side control, and you're either it's 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 fight or flight. Because yeah. we've seen, how many times have you seen Flight people tap? Flight happens a lot. How many people tap to pressure? A lot. Yeah. A and lot, you get somebody a dangerous thing. I mean, that is dangerous. It's a slippery slope. You know, it's a slippery Every slope. Every time you give your brain the okay to, to tap to pressure, yeah. that that uh, that door gets bigger and bigger. Exactly. And that, you until, walk through it way too Until easy. you just stand in it all the time. Uh, and, you know, I've... You always, I always try to point out to the fact that, look, if you're, and it was a Jean-Luc who's the one who was saying, I'm struggling with claustrophobia. I said, yeah. dude, have somebody get in top side control, have them get in a mount and just scorpion tell you and hug you till you, you fight through it. Once you find normalcy, you know, yeah. once you find normalcy in these positions, you'll see that everything else becomes easier in life. And it's grinding through and gritting through those things that is going to do it. And it's, you because Okay, grit is not just you fighting and putting elbows in somebody's throat. It's not. No. It's adjusting your your inner thermometer, you know? Yeah. You're going, I got to slow it down here. I got to sing a song in my head. I got to see what I can do. I can start adjusting a little bit. We've all got our tools. You have to so use it. Remind yourself it's your friend on top of you. Exactly. And that if you needed, this is big, if you needed to, absolutely needed to, you could tap. Yeah. But just wait 10 more seconds. Yeah. And then when you're about to, ten why, why don't you wait 10 more? Yeah. Then before you know it, either the round's over or you found a little bit of daylight. Yeah. That's changing everything yeah. for you. <laughs> That's, and I think it's, it, it, developmentally, as a human and in your jujitsu, I think that is the thing that really, really sets you through. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah, there's a couple ways, blatantly obvious ways, and powerfully transformative ways that you're, we're going to change your, your entire life. Just a couple simple things that happen on the mat. So, yes, we lean heavily into 
the idea that bottom side control week is where you're going to grow as a person for sure. Yeah. Mostly in that you're going to realize you're resilient. You're capable. Yep. You're way grittier than you thought you were. Yep. You just never really had a chance to practice it or to demonstrate it yep. to yourself. And then triangle week, arm, like armbar yep. submission week, sweeps. <laughs> Back week. That's not going to be as challenging like in terms of grit. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be demanding of your abilities. Yeah. It takes a lot of coordination, and you need to develop a lot of skill to execute these techniques. Yeah. And you're not going to at first. Nope, you're Bambi. But guess what? By the end of the week or in a few more weeks, you're going to execute them, and then you're going to hit it live. Yeah. And while that's not really challenging your grit, you're demonstrating to yourself that you have this ability to acquire new skills. You have resolve. You're demonstrating to yeah. yourself that you are now this capable person that possesses artillery. Exactly. That's powerful as well. Yes. So one thing is you're learning this grit so that you can take it on the chin. And you're going to take it on the chin in life all the time. We know this in different ways, right? You're going to learn that in bottom side control. Oh, yeah. But you also are going to learn that you've got some teeth. You've got some claws, some fangs, yep. right? You're going to learn that when you're attacking. When you combine those two things, you are a different organism. Yep. That's what jujitsu gives us. Exactly. 100%. And it's funny when you see, especially going back to the, the grit thing, where you get some, you know, you get some wrestlers that come in. We've had a couple recently where I've had conversations with them. And I said, look, I'll tell you exactly what I was told very early on in my journey. 20,000 years ago when I started as a caveman. Doing pancreas, pan pan naked pancreas. Pan yes, in the original Olympics. Where they're all oiled up, grabbing yeah, each other's pan balls. <laughs> you ever see that? Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> Who made that statue? Couldn't you just not grab the guy? I know, He's like dude. upside down holding the guy oh, by yeah, his yeah. junk. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, all's I mean, fair. All is fair in love of war, I guess, right? In pancreation. But I said, I said, look, you are used to being on top. A wrestler by trade is to be on top. Your goal is to be on top. And you're never on your back. I said, get used to being on your back. Yeah, I guess, dude, I only I wrestled in middle school. And it wasn't really wrestling. Yeah. It was like, grab ass. <laughs> um, we had a bad team. But anyway, you don't really, I, my point is, I, don't, I didn't do enough wrestling at the higher levels. Maybe this does happen. But you're not really in a position where you get suffocated. Is that so? Because if you are, you're already you, it, the fight's over. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I guess somebody could be grinding on you when you're belly down. Yeah. But I mean, even that's not that bad. No. There's just something about being pinned to your back. Yeah. Like but you're it's stuck your, in a coffin. Ingrained. We had the, we had this one kid. He he uh, graduated from Seneca. He was a you know wrestled varsity the whole bit, and uh, we were joking. Uh, I somebody had said something about being on your back. I go, well, if you just in practice. If you were on your back, you're doing 100 push-ups. You're doing 20, 100 bodyweight squats. You're getting. I don't. I was eight years old doing push-ups for days because I laid back on my back in the middle of practice. That's probably why your elbows are so healthy. Ah, uh, yeah. I that between Mr. Jasper and my father, there's many reasons why my elbows are shitty. A lot of push-ups in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Crack pop. Yep. So, but it's just ingrained not to be on your back. If you get comfortable on your back, you're going to be a terrible wrestler. And it's just the way it yeah, is. But think about it like this, man. Is there any other martial art where, like, one of the aspects of it is somebody's looking to drown you? Uh, that would be a no. Like, look, you. I felt these I mean, things. Sambo, maybe. Like boxing, you're yeah. ex you could be exhausted, and believe me, nothing's worse than that burn 
in your lungs <laughs> and in your soul when you're so tired you can't even keep your hands up anymore. You can't breathe. Those gloves lungs, get heavy quick. And the other guy is fresh as a daisy. Yep. You're like, fuck. Because the only real way out is you're going to get fucking tuned up. Yeah. That sucks. But, but. It's over when you wake back up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Like in jujitsu, you can literally spend, especially if you're a black belt in a 10-minute match, you can spend nine and a half minutes in hell. Yeah. There's no other martial art, I don't think, yeah. where that happens. No. I don't think there's another sport. I'm trying to think. Look, not to say that you're never tired, yeah. but there's no other sport where you're tired and another human is just trying to, <laughs> to drown you, to pin you to yes. the, grind you into dust. Yeah, it's true. And I know that's a scary thought, but th now think about the benefit of that. We know that is lurking. That's a possibility. So what do you have to do? You have to develop the, the ability to stave off the guard pass. The mindset, you, need, yeah. you need the mindset. You need the strategy. You need the skills. Yeah. And I think it's that the possibility of the impending suffering that adds a little bit of like, like fire to the play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit at stake. Whereas... All right, you saw this with the, the rise of sub only. Yeah. People don't give a shit about the guard pass anymore. No. And especially in Nogi because, like, the recoveries are different, I guess. But it's also because in sub only, the guy's not looking to pass your guard and just hold you down for, like, six minutes or pin you into yeah. dust. So it's like, whatever. I know what you're going to do. You're going to pass. Oh, you passed my guard. Now go for your shitty armbar. I'm going to escape. Yeah. Or, like, try to mount. And as you go to mount, I'm going to escape. And I'm generalizing here, but if there was no time on the clock and it was like only you and another guy in a parking lot or if it was like just no no time limit and they could just pin you, yeah, you wouldn't give up that fucking guard pass. <laughs> no. Look at Felipe, Pena, and Gordon. Yeah. It was, what, 40 minutes in? Yep. And he, he quit after a guard pass. Yeah. Why? Why did he quit after the guard pass and not during the sweep and submission attempts? It was the impending pressure. Yep. 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 Human nature at a glance. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, I'm well, But it's the it's the risk of that. It's the threat of that that makes this so powerful. Yeah. If it didn't fucking matter, if you get your guard passed and look at Al, dude. I can pin Al, kinda, and like I can't even isolate his limbs from yeah. side control because he's so like short and strong. Yeah, there's no real risk in the guard pass, so I think that's one of the reasons I pass his guard so easily. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. What no. does it matter? But flip that coin on its head. <laughs> if Al passes my guard that's and Al's in side control on me, yep. uh, that's not uh, a fun. That's I don't not a wanna, fun drive. No, dude. So, but I like that because it, it makes me do shit from guard. That I normally wouldn't do. Yeah, it's exciting to me because there's there's more at risk. That's true, it, it, and it gives you the you you start thinking about your counters to said position. So in that same vein, one of the the beautiful things about jujitsu, check that box, <laughs> is that uh, these situations uh, they demand certain levels of creativity and and grit. Yeah, and you know. They pull things out of you. The situation pulls things out of you. Yeah. And at the higher levels of competition, you see like just magic. Magic at the biggest stage. Why? Because the moment pulls that out of you. Yeah. That's that's powerful stuff, man. I powerful. say powerful a lot when I'm talking about what happens on the mat. I say these these certain words quite often. Powerful and transformative. 
Why do you think I use those two words? Because believe it or not, I've got a pretty extensive vocabulary. You do? But those two words, they just, they wrap it up so tightly. Yep. Transformative and powerful. It's very true. It's very true. Because it's not always going to be transforming you, Pete. No. At, at a certain level, like, I don't know that jujitsu is really transforming me anymore on the mat, which is okay. It's it's quite yeah. all right. You've been transformed. I've fucking been transformed. Yeah. I have emerged. You have from emerged. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A majestic butterfly. <laughs> I'm flapping my wings. Yeah. Uh, but that's where powerful comes in because every time I'm on that mat, whether I'm teaching or training or yeah. just watching you guys get after it, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. And that's one of the reasons I, uh, this week has been, I'll say it, it's been challenging for me. So... I haven't really been training hard for a couple weeks, which is fine because I've been crushing myself. With Again, weights. you can't go 100 miles an hour, no, all the time. You just no. can't because it's gonna something's gonna break. Well, I've been working out hard aside from that. Yeah, which I like. Yeah. I feel good. I haven't been able to do that in a while. Um, but then I got the tattoo, which changes everything. Like you know what it's like, dude. Yeah. You get a tattoo. That night you're exhausted. You don't really feel like yourself. You get an adrenal dump. Yeah. And then the next day, like you're a little swollen, and like you had like a cytokine storm. It's like your body's under attack. Yeah. So they call it the tattoo flu. Yeah. And I feel that. Like you just feel off. Yep. And it was a rainy day, and I'm like, Ugh, oh <laughs> man. I'm like, and look, I didn't even get sad. I didn't. I definitely didn't get depressed. But I could see. Like that that window in the back opened the yeah. the, the sad window open. I, I could see through it. I'm like, oh, that's where people look. Yeah, <laughs> I get it now. And uh, I was just jonesing for that powerful experience. Yes. So I went right in the cold plunge, of course, and then did like a crazy workout. But what we have here is so it's powerful, but it's addicting as well. It's very addictive. You know, I uh, I hadn't been on a mat for. I, you know, so I got tattoo a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I guess now. And then uh, I was out for family stuff over, you know, through the holidays and stuff and came back. And I, I'm like, I start getting this head cold. I'm like, oh, just try to move around a little bit. I'm just, I just can't even function. I'm like, it, it, I hear if it's yeah. neck up, you can still kill yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But neck down, you're supposed to like take it easy. You think? That's what I heard. Yeah, it's pretty sure. But, you know. There's something even that fun, we talked about before the FOMO, man. There's nothing worse than, you know, I'm upstairs looking out the window. My dad punished me, and I see all my buddies are playing football in the front yard, and I'm yeah. like, you bastards. God, I would give anything to be out there. And there's so much truth to that. And, you know. FOMO's real. It is FOMO. There's it no jujitsu. There's no FOMO like jujitsu FOMO. No, there's not. There's not at all. And, you know. How many times we've posted pictures from, you know, Wednesday nights, Saturday nights, or Saturdays, or Sundays, or whatever it is. We post these pictures, post-training pictures. Mm -hmm. And and you'll, how many times you get, God, I wish I got it. Dude, I still get it. Like, if yeah, I'm out for whatever too. reason, and, like, battle teaches Wednesday night, and yeah. I see the picture, I'm like, oh, man, that was a packed class. Oh. Yeah. I still get that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, last night for the, for the level two kids class, we had over 25 kids on the mat and it's just yeah i popped in i don't know yeah. if you saw me no i didn't i, I brought saw in some gear i saw the list i came in the back i brought in some gear okay but even then i was like maybe i should just throw on my gear and teach yeah. a couple techniques yeah and it's just so much fun man it's just so much fun and you know you would you, when you think about how much fun will you get for when you don't get to teach a class hold on one second yep 
Hey, Mo, you're on the Splendid Torch podcast. Say hi. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> How are you? You good? All good. Just right. was calling to say hi. All right, I'm we're going to Philly. We're talking jujitsu. Love yeah, I'll you. Talk to you later. <laughs> <Seamless>. <laughs> a little cameo by my wife. Speaking of FOMO, she's in. She's back in the mix, but the yeah. last couple weeks have been insane for her. Super busy, and she's right back on that FOMO train, which I I have to balance being her husband and her instructor, yeah. and like just a jujitsu guy. So there's a lot of juggling there. I always lean more towards instructor. Yeah. Like whenever you got to think, dude. Everybody, especially like blue belts and and on there and like purple belts, still I'm sure they want to come home and like talk about who they caught in a submission. Yeah. They want to talk. They want to like complain about getting their guard passed. They want to do all these things. And she's trying to like complain about it or like gloat or whatever. <laughs> all human things yeah. that we all do to her husband. But she's got the fucking wrong guy. <laughs> she's saying it to her instructor. I'm yeah. like, well, you know, maybe you should fucking work on your guard and like that one. Ha- <laughs> and like, yo, I don't want to hear about who you submitted, like, because blah blah blah. Like, yeah. I, I'm your instructor, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and she'll even say, she's like, I'm talking to my husband right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh. well, let me put that hat on. Well, your husband's your instructor, so you you picked wrong. You could always go to Bonjornos, <laughs> yeah. and then you guys could you could come home, and then we could talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting, man. I just feel so bad when she had Scar and Avery, dude, because she yeah. was she was an OG and she was right in the mix with yeah. you guys. She was doing great, and uh, she could have forced her way back sooner, but that's not. She's just like mom of the year, dude. She just she's, wasn't. She had her priorities straight. She did, man. She never wasn't going anywhere. Yes, and then when she came back, she came back like the right way, dude. Yeah. she's got serious skills. I'm really proud of her. She's a, she's people don't realize what an athlete she is. Well, I'll tell you what, man. She um, motherhood definitely changes you. Having kids changes. She's way weaker than she was. Yeah, and like she's more fragile, like her neck and like her sh- her shoulders, her ribs, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, before that, she was strong as shit. Yeah. Now she's just very technical, man. If she's a little more sturdy, like I'd put her in there to compete. Yeah, I just don't want to see her getting hurt. It, it, no, nobody wants to see her get hurt. No, she's too awesome. She's too competitive too. She That's would the take thing. it way she's too very hard. Competitive. You know, you know, I, I, I just kind of know how she would be, because you could see it. Like if we start talking about a subject, and it's, you know, we're all sitting around. She gets that fire in her eyes. You yeah. go, oh, there's the competitor. There's oh, that dude. We can't even. That's play a high around. level athlete. Yeah, we can't play around like on on the beach. <laughs> like we can't. It all becomes. And she, we, unless it's like a physical sport, yeah. she's right there with me on everything. Yeah, something she's she's better at basketball. She's an athlete, dude. Yeah. Um. Anyway, nobody cares about me and Mo, but uh. I guess no. There is a lesson there, dude. Like jujitsu is this huge part of her life, huge. And she didn't train until I opened up our my own school. Yeah, she refused. I was with her for like five years while I was at Ricardo's. Yep. she only went there like twice. Yeah. Refused to step on the mat. I'm never gonna do it. And because uh, she just didn't get it. And then she only put on the gi in the beginning to help welcome the women in for intro yeah. classes. And then to help, Oogie. like, Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was the one who got most of those little girls to start training in the yeah. first place. And she was just the Uki. And then she started training a little bit, and she fucking fell in love, yeah. head over heels. That's awesome. It's just, that's the powerful, transformative experience of jujitsu. It is. And, I, you know, we get all these new new kids that come in and new guys that come in, new girls that come in, and 
sometimes you see they're kind of like, all right, I'm here. But then you see this, the ones that have, you just see the glint in their eye. We've got a lot of women here. Yes. Especially, do. dude, the white belts. Yes. That, those white belt classes have a lot of tough, tough women. Yeah. We'll have, I think we're, we're averaging eight women a class. That's incredible. That is awesome. I don't, dude, I'm a little out of the white game. Belt level. That's the white what, belts. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, yeah. Here's the challenge. Here's what I want to do and get them the black belt. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, getting anyone the black belt is, it's hard. It's yeah, hard. It is. Let's, let's keep a close eye and see how far we can get them into the advanced program and let's try to learn as much as we can because I can't relate to their experience. Yes. Melissa can't relate to their experience because I'm her husband. Yeah. Like she's got this, this glimpse into the, the inside working since day one. Yeah. So I would, I'd really be curious to see what it's like being, you know, just a woman who saw jujitsu decided to give it a shot, yep. came here, which I think already is a good decision. Yes. Um, we're definitely more mindful of taking care of new students and women than a lot of places. Yes. But I'm curious to see what we could do better. Yes. I mean, we have, we have so many wipeouts, female wipeouts in particular, that we could just say, let's bend my ear a little bit here. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk. I mean. It's so hard to get, you know, one of the things we want to do is figure out a little bit better why people quit. And we, we do get answers like, hey, yeah. oh, you guys are, are leaving? Oh, why? And why? like we genuinely... You're not going to hurt my feelings. I want to know what we could have done better. But, you know, they always say the same three things. It's like. It's not you. It's me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have commitment issues. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> nah, dude. It's always like, uh, you know, if it's a kid, oh, we got sports and we're real busy yeah. over the holidays. Uh, if it's an adult, like, you know, my work hours changed. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's never like jujitsu sucks yeah. and you guys all look like shit. Yeah. Um, but if that were the case, I'd I'd want to know. You'd want to know. I'd like if you guys are listening to this, I'm always all ears for for like truthful feedback. We You're talk about that every staff meeting. Yeah, like Pretty how do we every, get how do we get people to go? When we say point A to point B, that means point A is stepping through the door to point B is getting your black belt, continuing on as black belt. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I hear from like Juliana or like even Battle that. A student went up with like a concern, like just feedback. Yeah. Like whether they're having an issue with something or they had an idea and they didn't want to go directly to me. Yeah. Which, let's not, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want you guys like blowing up my phone all day and like showing up at my house <laughs> with like in a suggestion box. But if there's like a serious thing that you're concerned with, like don't hesitate to come to me. If you have a question about, anything about jujitsu don't hesitate yeah. to come to me like i take what i do here so seriously and it's literally it's like the epicenter of like the purpose of my life yeah like when i'm here i want i want to give back i want to help even when i'm home to a certain extent um but even when i'm home i'm either working on myself being a, a dad and a, and a husband or i'm working on the school yeah usually when i'm home i'm working on the school yeah so, man, I'm I'm just really interested in, like, an open line of communication within reason. Not yes. like, oh, you should change the colors on the walls. Shit like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want any, like, uniform updates, anything like, like, we're going to wear the gi and we're going to do the no gi. Yeah. We're putting your name on your gi. We could talk about that, too. I think that I, we, <laughs> I think it was uh, Crocs was like uh, Ryan Terry's, like, 
Do you have to put Crocs. my name? Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, look, Crocs. I go, I know your name. Ryan, Not everybody Ryan's knows like, everybody knows Everybody me. knows Ryan me. Terry. I'm a superstar. But I'm like, yeah. I go, there's reason for it, man. Don't worry about it. Not look, everybody man, knows who you are. Coming up at Ricardo's, we always had our name on our gi. And yeah. I, I shied away from it when we first opened. We discussed this for seven years. Forever. Forever, man. When we first opened... It didn't matter. Of course, we all knew each other because yeah. every class had the entire student body in it. Eight of us. Yeah, was eight and then of us afterwards, we would go out together. And then on Saturday, we watched the UFC fights together. <laughs> if you didn't know each other's names by then, some, you know, What's his your name? Alzheimer's is really yeah. kicking in. Now, as slowly over time, the school grew and grew, and it was still manageable. Yeah. It was manageable. And then... What started to happen, it was after we really grew and we opened up like the morning program, there's noon and yeah. then there's night. There, I'm never gonna be against like clicks, so to speak. I like the idea of clicks yeah. because it, they turn into accountability groups. Yes. No better example than the 6 a.m. crew. Yeah. They're on top of each other, man. You know, oh, if yeah, like yeah. one of the guys doesn't show up, they're yeah. all like, they have they like get, their they, little chats going, they're like oh, digging yeah. in on them, which keeps you coming back. It keeps you connected to the academy. Yep. It, it builds trust with your teammates. Yeah. I like that, but we're such a big academy. Like, there's gonna be people that come from morning class coming at night. There's there's people who get their blue belts and they come to advance for the first time. There's times where you know one of us is gonna teach a beginner kids class, and yeah. we didn't get a chance to meet these kids yeah. yet. And there's like nine of them that, that we didn't meet. And you gotta know people's names. Yeah. You you guys deserve to have us call you by your name. Yeah, and it's beyond that. I want you to call each other by your name. Yeah. Nobody said it better than Patrick in level one, <laughs> that kid. And why, yeah. dude, I never met him. Yeah. Why do you think I knew his name was Patrick? It was on his key. And now I'm never going to forget <laughs> yes. for the rest of my life. Yes. Do you remember what he said? I, I when I'm asking. That, that. It was Monday, right? All right, maybe it was Scatino. Yeah, it was probably Scatino. So it was the first day we got names on their geese. We line them up, and I'm like, guys, I, I, before I hand the class off to Tony, I'm talking to the kids. Like, why do you guys think we put your names on your gi? And, you know, oh, so you know any, like, all the yeah. different things. And then the kid Patrick raises his hand. And I go, what do you think is a benefit to you guys knowing each other's names? And Patrick raises his hand. Little kid. He goes, yeah. um, so when you're drilling with a kid the whole time, you don't just have to go, uh, hey, dude. <laughs> And I was like, you nailed it. They nailed it right there. Because the, the best example is the Henzo Gracie calls everybody champ. Hey, yeah, champ. And hey I'm like, champ. oh, shit, he called me he called champ. champ. <laughs> and then you, you go into the locker room, and then you hear in the lobby, he's like, hey, champ. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm in here now. Yeah. Oh, they're, he's calling yeah, he everybody, everybody champ. champ. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Hey, man. Hey, dude. Yeah. And I don't want you guys calling each other, hey, man, hey, dude. Yeah. It's important to just look at the, at the yes. game. You see the guy's name, and now you're not going to forget. Another thing is we're such a big presence here in the com in the community. Yes. I don't want you guys bumping into somebody at Target or Chickies and Pete's or like, you know, a hey Laura. guy. Like, hey, you know, it's my wife. This is a guy I train yeah. with. That's uncomfortable. Yes, for you. it is. It is. It's an easy fix. Yes, it is. A very easy fix. And and look, I I who is it? There's been a few times where it's like, "Hey Steve, how you doing? My name's Bill." Yeah. That hurts. Damn it. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just, like We've said it how many times? Your your brain can only accept what 150 names or something like that. Dunbar's number. Dunbar's number. Names. And we've we've done pretty good. We've got a lot of names in the database. Yeah. I mean, dude, we definitely we definitely prove Dunbar wrong. Yes, like, we look, did. look, I retain. Right, Joe. Mommy <laughs> Pete. 
Look, I, I bet if we sat down, definitely between me and Tony, we can name every single student easily. Yeah. Um, and I would venture to guess that Tony could probably name every single student as it is. Yeah. Which is over 500. Um, but keep in mind that when an inquiry comes in, he sees the name. When they do the registration, he puts the name in. Yeah. When he, they sign up, he does the name. All he, So he'll see the name three or four times. Yeah. And it's just difficult. And it's an easy fix. Yeah. Lastly, on that topic, one of the things that separates us is we lean heavily into trust. Yes. We we are adamant that we've got this this not cooperative and not competitive. Uh, we have cooperation, where we're getting after it, yeah. but we're really considerate of each other. Yes. A big reason that works is because we have trust, right? Yeah. And. If you don't know somebody's name, it's gonna be very difficult to have the type of relationship with them where you have like deep trust. Now, yes. why is trust so important? And what happens in a, a training environment that has a lack of trust? You can get after it, but you're always gonna be holding back. Yeah, You're always gonna be holding back. You're never gonna be able to go to the furthest reaches of your technical ability because you're scared of a couple things. One, you're scared of getting hurt. Yep. If you get overstretched, you're scared that the person you don't really trust is gonna hurt you. And two, that part of your brain that doesn't wanna lose is bigger and stronger when yeah. you don't have a deep sense of trust with the person. Yes. If Brando catches me, I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna kill him, yeah. but I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna be a little bit proud. Yeah. If, if somebody from another school drops in who I don't know and I don't trust, they catch me, yeah. I'm gonna have to try to kill that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but that that goes back to your keep it playful too. Yeah. Because there's, you know, I, I love there, there's so many guys here I love the role, right? There's so many people I love the role with here. It's awesome. You know, there's so many times I'd be like, the whole time I'm rolling with Battle or Aladdin or Tony or you, the whole time I'm going, you mother. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's man. so fun. Where <laughs> I, I, it's you, you think about it. Where else in this world? Can you you could sit there, try to murder each other and laugh. You're laughing. I I mean it's it's probably similar in like military training, but uh, yeah. Aside from that, probably yeah. nowhere. I mean I'll, I'll be rolling with Angelo and who a little bit of credit to my little buddy there. He's doing really well. He's doing really good. He's start he's get big into the, getting the leg entanglements. I'm like you mother. And you got to start putting a little bit of, put a little more oomph into it. Take some. Well, I don't know if he's ever going to have a strong triangle game. So maybe. Well, with his, uh, his issues. Lack in, of uh, appendage length. length. Yeah. His, uh, limb length issue, but he's, you know, he's getting after and he, that's, it's so great when you get, you know, he starts to challenge you a little bit, a little bit, Lanzo, not much, a little bit. just a little bit. And more of it is you're trying to keep your breath from laughing at him the whole time. <laughs> no, I joke. He knows I love it. But, you know, you, you, you have these little moments. I mean, that's just so much fun. It's yeah. I could put it back to this, and I've said it. I had a conversation at work a week ago, a week or two ago. I said you can never have as much fun in anything else than you can at jiu-jitsu. And no. they go, what do you mean? I go, you're doing CrossFit, a marathon, sprints, push-ups, sit-ups, all this stuff while laughing and giggling. And you're wrestling around with your and buddies. And you're wrestling around with your buddies. So you're trying to murder each other. Yeah. Dude, the best is when you're like in this, in like a heated role, but you know, there's still like that yeah. element of playfulness and a different group is talking to you guys and like <laughs> making jokes. Yes. That's always the best. Because that, that tells you that like community. the training environment yeah. is is top notch. The sense of community is. Or if like you talk yeah. shit from across the room, <laughs> mid, mid roll, you're mid roll, you walk eyes with somebody across the room and you talk shit, 
from across the entire training floor. That's just it's a sign that things are going the right way. There's so again, we're doing randori. Somebody's walking by, and the poop talk is flying. Yeah, the whole time. You got hit with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody better start getting to class more. Yeah. Nowhere else in this world is that going to happen, and that's what this thing is so great. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm so grateful for what we have here, and you know, it's just it's a, it's amazing. We're all better people for each other and what we do here. I agree. I agree, man. We get so much good feedback. We get so much good feedback, especially yeah. after Nerf Wars that night. Yeah. The amount of feedback the next day from parents, parents that you wouldn't even, that aren't very vocal. Yeah. And it's like, they're so, they were so appreciative. And it's not like, hey, thanks for having this like pizza party for my kids. It was fun. It's more like what you guys have here is so special. Like we're so grateful for what you guys do here because they knew it wasn't just, it wasn't a, it wasn't a gimmick. Yeah. Like when we did the Nerf Wars in the pizza party, we didn't, we had 80 kids here. Yeah. We did it for free, and we didn't do it as a gimmick, and we didn't do it as like a like to raise funds. We did it to strengthen like the, the ties, the yeah. Time to try. And I think everybody knew that's what it, yeah. what it was. It's, I, I'm sorry I missed it, but it was I know just from the past. It's just so much fun. It and was a blast, dude. It was. You nuts, see man. the kids, the smack talking with the kids. It gets especially against us. They got serious. They, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they're you know, you know, there was a lot of money spent. On Wednesday and Friday oh, afternoon, the, dude, stock and Nerf probably skyrocketed <laughs> through the roof, and these kids are coming out with the, you know, you know, the fifty caliber sniper rifle of uh, freaking Nerf yeah. darts. But man, it's just it's as you can imagine. So Jackson fun. showed up. He looked oh, like, like Full Metal Jacket. Oh, like, you know, you know, just nuts. You gotta love that though. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, last thing I want to point out, I I should do it more. I I do it. You know, decently often, but it, it it could be done every single day, especially this week, man. Anytime I, I have the chance to not be in my own roles and yeah. like just walk the mat, I'm blown away by how good everybody's getting. Yeah, I was talking to Helen. We were sitting on the bench together. We were you watching Steve? roles. Steve, what? I call her Steve. Oh, uh, why? So way back at the old place, so I think it was Tony was calling her Julie or something like that. Uh-huh. I go. Everybody knows Steve's name. <laughs> so now everybody, I call her. If I've only called her she Steve. had her name on her gi back Exactly. Then. So I'm sitting there with Helen, and we're watching everybody, and she's telling me Brian went up to do open mat at, like, Gracie Baja somewhere. Yeah. And he did real well, and yeah. he got some good compliments. Um, And she was like, oh, it's got to feel good to hear that. I'm like, it, it does, it does. But I'm never surprised. No. And, but I'm watching everybody train. I'm like, one of the things that – that we've got here is we don't have any gaping holes in our game. Yes. No, none of us. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody's got solid guard, solid understanding of transitions. Everybody knows to hunt the back. Decent understanding of yeah. leg locks. Um, good defense. Toughness. Yeah. You know, decent takedown skills. For the most part. <laughs> There's not really gaping holes anywhere. Yeah. There's no like modern game that is completely foreign to us. There's no like traditional game that's foreign to us. Yep. And when well you rounded. when you're well rounded like that, you can go anywhere. Yes. And and put up a good showing. Yeah. And that's something I'm really proud of here. I. But beyond that, dude, there's yeah. people just rising to the top that are fucking blowing me away. Yeah. Like there's, blowing me away, man. You could, you could pull. Like, I talked about him all the time. Right I was watching Vandenberg the other night. Yeah. He's awesome. He's doing so well, dude. Yeah. And. I don't think he realizes how like strong and explosive he is. Oh, he has no idea. 
um, he could be dangerous if he wanted to be. I'm luckily he's got some self control. Yeah. But his technique looks incredible, dude. Evan, big Evan. Yeah. Is doing amazing, especially having a, a newborn at home. Yeah. His technique looks incredible. Yeah. His leg locks are getting really dangerous. Yeah. He's tough. He's, he's tough, tough, man. Yeah, he's tough. I, I you know, I, when it comes to Vandenberg, I remember I had him as an Uki uh, way back when he was a white belt, and I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's good. He's yeah. good." He what? You know, there's. I've had a dude. You know who's getting really good? Who? Bogoslaw. Yes. Dude, Bogus is getting, getting tough, really man. good. Yeah, man. he's getting technical, very technical. He's starting to he's tie calm, it all together. He's confident. Yeah, dude, a lot. I the list goes on, man. You could again, you could you could sit here the entire podcast and just pat people on the back. Maybe yeah. we'll do that for the holiday one. We'll do a just go through the whole. Here's list. your little gift, guys. <laughs> I'll call you out. But you know, going I'll back, have to, you just jingle yeah, sleigh bells we'll the whole ding, time. Ding, 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 look, an angel got its wings. But uh, I, I remember uh, I was rolling up at headquarters we used to go up on uh sunday mornings we'd roll at headquarters uh then we'd come down back here we'd open up open mat here and then we'd go i think we were doing a, we were there at nine we would open up here at eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and uh you were getting reports and it was you, you were like i'm not surprised i'm no. not surprised and i'm like that's that's awesome and it there's just nothing really that we're that you guys are bad. I say we, and and why can I speak so generally? Because we know the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats. All boats. We know what happened. Ricardo talked about it when he hit, was here for that yeah. last seminar. He was saying, you're not going to remember everything I taught, and you don't need to. Yeah. All you need is like a couple of you guys to do it, and you're going to start doing it in Randori. Yes. You're going to ask a question, then now you know it, and then it goes to that guy, to that guy, to that yep. guy. The and same the thing happens is. with... A couple like de- details on hand fighting from the back. Yes. It disseminates throughout the entire student body in the advanced program, yes. at least. The leg lock system, like that's going to disseminate across. Yep. That's just how things go, man. So as long as there's pockets, yes. different pockets of us who are working on different aspects of like even just modern jujitsu, yeah. we know that we're covering all of our bases. And it's all going to come together. We get into danger when every single one of us is attacking one, one sort of yes. facet for too long yeah luckily i don't think i don't think that can ever happen i think we all we're all such different people with different interests and different body types and different skill sets i don't think it'll ever happen yeah when you have over 500 people in one spot yeah not everybody and nor should it be everybody's doing one thing it's just i don't think even if i tried to force it i bet especially if i tried to force it people wouldn't Oh, because yeah. people are just yeah, the hell with you. Yeah, 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 I'll show it's you. Two positive contrarian magnets, right? bastards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very true, very true. And and again, that's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, for, especially on our side, you know, when you show somebody something or they ask you a question, you're able to show them something. And I'm like, look, just take that to the uh, workshop. Come back, you know, tell me how it's going. Yeah, it's in the, and they come it, back, put it in the lab, put it in the lab, and start experimenting. I'm like, you know, that's don't so just, cool doing it like that because yes. it takes all the pressure. Like, you don't feel like an asshole if you can't do it right away. Exactly. Like, hey, go dick around with this for a little yes. bit. Come back and tell me what you think. Because rarely is it going to be like, now you're going to go and you're going to hit this the first time and you're going to be golden at it as you progress. It doesn't work that way. No. It takes a lot of a lot of failure, a lot of failed attempts. Not every time. Sometimes things just click. And that's sometimes like, they do. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm, did Hodger Gracie die in an accident because he just got reincarnated <laughs> yeah. in me? I got his soul. But, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that just click with people. Um, I'm going to get out of here, but I want to yeah. bring up one more thing. Tomorrow night is what? Saturday night. Tony, what, Saturday are, we, night what are we doing tomorrow, tomorrow night? night? Christmas party. 
Christmas party? Yeah, the Christmas, the, the staff shindig. party, the yearly Christmas party for the staff. Dude, this year we've got thirty people going. That's a lot. Yeah, thirty. Thirty people. We have thirty people going. You and I weren't and, invited, and a few, Tony. A few people couldn't make it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we're the on the podcast, <laughs> Tony. We're not going to call those people out. Right this here. is the closest we'll get to getting Tony on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I bring that up because it's crazy, dude. Like in the beginning, it was like six. You guys came to my house. Yes. Yeah. You oh, know? that's that was. Yeah. We sat, yeah, it was a good time. Which yeah, it was a great time. But one of the marks of. I guess we'll say uh, success yeah. is how big our leadership core is yes. and how many people are like willing to be on board. Volunteer just to come and help out. A lot of people do, man. Yeah. Yes. All the time. Yeah, All the time. It's not just one night a week. When was the last time you taught a class like by yourself? Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, I... I I know when I'm teaching fundamentals, sometimes I'm like, God, I hope some. I, like I told Russ, I said, Russ, you got to start showing up on Thursdays. Thursday I, night. Yeah, start showing up. <laughs> he had a lame excuse. I have to go to a wake. Go get him, Professor yeah, Tony. Get there, professor. But he, you know, he had some lame excuse. He had to, uh, he had to go to a wake or something. But but anyway, the what? And I was talking to Scarlett about this yesterday because yeah. uh, me and Melissa were finalizing the the list with Curtatus because yeah. we're having a Sweetwater because yeah. we want to support our friend and he does great work. Um, I expect and I was like cheesecake 30 egg people. rolls, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and Scar's like, uh, wow, 30 people. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, she said something like, like, oh, you do you lead them? Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I guess you could say like I'm, I'm, I'm the leader or I'm like one of the leaders, yeah. you know? Tribal elder. And I was trying to teach her the, the value and the importance of, of people. Yeah, and I, you know, I thought I was doing a great job, and then she goes, "Can we talk about something else?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it just it hit me, dude. Thirty people this year are coming to our staff party. That's insane. And it's just like, it, it's just proof that what we're doing just brings so much value into somebody's life. Yes. And if that many people, I mean, some of us, it's our only only career, but yeah. a lot of you guys have your own thing. You don't have to do this. Yeah. You do it because it's this passion project of yours. Yes. And that tells me, I could be wrong, it tells me that it just gives you so much that it's worth adding the extra, I guess, responsibility yeah. onto your already heavy plate. Yeah, It says a lot, man. And, and our ability to continue to influence people in that way, yeah. to let them see the value of like being a servant here at the school, yeah. our ability to do that really is gonna dictate our, our future success. Yeah. And luckily, we don't try to take advantage of anybody. Nope. It's, it's literally, you gotta work your ass off to get into a position of leadership here at the school. Yeah. Because that's that's the epitome of like prestige here. Yes. Way more than what you want in competition, way more than what belt you wear, is if you can be in a black game, you you're carry, held to a higher standard. Yeah, you well, and you're it's it's just a symbol to the entire academy what you offer and yes. what you're willing to do for everybody, and well, how how I and the team view you. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. My uncle always says there is no success without succession. There yeah. is no success without succession, and I hold, I've held that to heart since day one. Literally day one, I met Tony the day I opened the door. Yeah. Literally day one, we started painting the this picture of the future together. Yeah. And we along the way we kept anybody who had that potential, we bring them right on board, man, and we find a way to make it work. Yeah, and there's you know especially when it, I mean we've had a lot of people that have been in here that that have had talent, but they just didn't 
You got to have the want to. You have to have the want to. Service. You can't polish a turd. You can't. And it's not even bad on them. They just had no desire. They just wanted to do their jiu-jitsu. I just want to do jiu-jitsu. That's fine. I'm not holding against you. Yeah, that's fine. But knowing what you can, being willing to give back Mm -hmm. and give, it's very unselfish what we do because we are, we are giving. It looks unselfish. Here, here's the deal. Yeah. If, if you want to become a leader anywhere, especially here, especially here, automatically I look at that influence continuum yeah. and we know the deal at the very, very top is obsessed. If you want the people around you to be passionate about yeah. what you do, you need to be obsessed about it. I can't, you can help influence people to be motivated yeah. and enthusiastic. Sorry, we died. <laughs> But anyway, so in terms of like, you know, the influence continuing, you need to be obsessed. Like you can't you can't fake it and be a leader. Yeah. At least not an effective one. And you can't polish a turd. Yeah. So we were saying that it's actually pretty selfish to want to be in this kind of position of leadership, not because of the accolades and the adoration. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's because of this. To become the type of person deserving of a leadership role here. You need to invest deeply into yourself. Yes. So essentially, like it is a selfish pursuit in that you need to build yourself up. You need to spend a lot of time evaluating like who you are, fixing any gaps, and then growing into this position. And then once you're in it, there's this fire. There's always like that. The alligator is like chomping at your heels. (laughs) I don't know why I came up with that. You can't get complacent. All of a sudden we're playing pitfall. Yeah. <laughs> dude, you get complacent in a, in a leadership role, yeah. it goes south immediately, dude. And we've seen it in the past. I will yeah. not name names, but yeah. we've had people in leadership roles, you know, and didn't really have the burning passion and didn't invest more in himself. Yeah. And I removed them from that role because the program tanked. Yeah. The program deserves somebody who is obsessed yes with what we do yeah it, it, that's absolutely it and it's the betterment and it, it just goes back to the tribe it's about you know not putting myself it's not putting me on a pedestal it's me trying to help build up everybody up how what's the best course of action to take all these people and make them better yes and throw them up there and get them higher and higher and higher and it's not that you're uh it, it's somewhat selfless but at the same time, it's selfish yeah. because, God damn it, I want them to be better. I'm going to – dude, and, let's do this. And it's the same thing as like, you know, it's the holiday season, dude. You're going to yeah. be giving out gifts, right? Yeah. And, you know, me, me and Melissa adopted a couple families. And yesterday we went shopping for this one girl. She's like – she's a 17-year-old orphan in Philadelphia. Yeah. You can imagine how hard her life has been. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you get the form of like how old she is, what her interests are, and like what she wants she for Christmas. I wish, dude. If she was closer, I would. Um, you just feel so bad. It's like yeah. you, you have to make it somewhat anonymous. Like you can't even like put your name on the tag when you give her the gift. Yeah. I've done that Because you don't want to like confuse them or anything like that. Yeah. You literally just put from a friend or from like Santa or from like yeah. an angel. And I'm like, can we put a note in there? I yeah. just want to give her my fucking number and be like, if you ever need anything, yes. you call me. And like whatever you need. But you can't do stuff like that. But anyway, you know, she wanted like, like certain like... Like label clothing. Yeah. You know, just, and you can imagine her world. It's like, that's what she, out of anything she could have wanted, she wanted these like hoodies and sweatpants with like yeah. this label on it because it's going to show status in, yes. in the environment she lives in. 
But we went a little overboard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For the right reasons? <laughs> For the right reasons. But then, like, if you cross... Because we want to ease her suffering. We want to make w the world a better place for her for even a brief moment in time. Ease and his pain, Ray. But, yeah. <laughs> but then you evaluate a little bit more deeply and you realize, like, is that selfish? Because I'm doing this to... It feels so goddamn good. Yes. It feels so good to give. So when you're an instructor here, you you know me... I'm not the sage on the stage. I'm the guide on the side. Yeah. I don't want any hero worship, right? And I deflect as much as I can. But I'll tell you what. You go to a couple other schools, and you're going to notice quite the opposite. Yeah. Because it's the most natural thing. Look at all, every cult that ever existed. Yeah. Look at the guy that started Bikram Yoga. He ended up, like, <laughs> just like, yeah. Let's just say, like, all those mats were pretty sticky when he was done hanging out with the women for the private <laughs> yes, lessons. Yes. And then he's like, I can sell my one drop of semen for a million dollars. Like, yeah. these people lose their minds yes. in positions of leadership. You don't get to do that here. No. You don't get to do that here. But. And it's not accepted. Of course not, dude. I think I've proven that no, once no, or twice. Meaning, meaning, I think the students would call them on their bullshit. Yeah. And they're going to recognize that. And this is where you talk about, this is where you have attrition because people are like, I'm not going to deal with this shit. There's a lot that goes, I demand a lot. The students demand yeah. a lot. The environment demands a lot. And so if you want to be an instructor here or in a position of leadership, it behooves you. Oh, there it is. Check that check box. Check that box. To apply the gas method. It's a beautiful thing. Genuine, authentic, and sincere. Yeah. Give a shit. Give a shit. Give a shit not only about the class you're teaching. Give a shit not only about the students who are in it. Give a shit about your appearance. Yes. Give a shit about your own jujitsu. Yes. Give a shit about who you are off the mats. That's give key. a shit about your character, your values, your virtues, yes. your morality. What kind of personal standards do you set for yourself? Because if they're not higher than the people in your in your charge, yeah. you don't get to be in the position of leadership. You yes. need to demand more of yourself. And through that, paradoxically, it's pretty selfish. Yeah. Because you're so focused on making yourself better. Yes. And it feels so goddamn good to give. Yes, it does. It does. It's very It's I, it's an honor to you know the weight of the black key. Yeah. I know the weight of the black key. I know the weight of the black belt. And I know that that's the indicator that I have to hold myself to a higher standard. Yes. And I'm and If you don't, we're going to call you on it. Oh, exactly. But you you know I'm not going to. Dude, every, not everybody, but like, you'd be, like, Tony can come in here and tell you that I don't allow any kind of complacency. Yeah. And we all need to be reminded. That's one of the great things about the relationship we all have with each other. Yeah. We all need to be reminded sometimes. And Ricardo, I remember, used to bring me to the office every so often. If I was, like, slack and, like, paperwork was, like, yeah. building up and... Maybe I wasn't making phone calls like I should. Something stupid. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it was never about teaching. Checks and balances. Yeah, and he'd be like, he wouldn't like give me shit, but he'd be like, I'm reminding you, dude, because we all need to be reminded. Yeah. It wasn't like, here's your annual progress report, and you fucking <laughs> failed this. The, I'm reminding you, dude, but yeah. that hurts more than yeah. the progress report. Yes. It's like my father would, if my father ever said to me, and I'm a little disappointed, Peter, I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, dude, because you know that there's standards that, that you should hold yourself to that you're just not. And exactly. when somebody you respect reminds you of that, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's go. That's why I love John Coquinos. He sees this this thing in me, that this capability in this future. Yeah. And he he's like, look, you don't have to. you don't have to grasp it. You don't have to reach for it if you don't want to. Yeah. But if that's in you, cross-examine your motives. 
He likes to say that. Like, think about like why you want yeah. these things and cross-examine those things. And then if you want, you start putting these things into play, and you're yeah. only a few thought. You're always a few thoughts away from changing everything. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's good brilliant. stuff. It is. All right, we'll wrap, dude. Let's wrap it up. It's good talking to you. It's good talk. Looking forward to tomorrow night. Oh, hopefully, I'll see you in the morning. You will. Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Later, guys. Later, guys.